Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of the Running Rams podcast. As always, I'm Gavin Bishow. And I'm Colin Struckman. And today we are going over the Rams' past two losses against Arizona State and Boston College and going over their next two games against South Florida and San Francisco, as well as a packed and great week, eventful week, I should say, in college basketball. Let's get into it. Karan Iverson clears it. Iverson gets away from the defense, dribbles into the forecourt. Iverson going up. He dunks it home as the buzzer sound. And Rody, the 8-10 champs. With four. Oda, 30 feet away. Jumper in the air. He's got it. Lamar Oda has won it for Rhode Island. Seconds left to the corner. Shot for three by Stan. Terrell down to eight seconds. Got to go right. In traffic, off balance shot. Thank you, Jared Terrell. And for the first time since 2009, it's Rhode Island over Providence in the Ocean State Battle. Oh, wow. Terrell from outside. Kingston, he puts it in. First and foremost, of course, can give a shout out to Rody.sports on IG, all lowercase Rody.sports. Great edits, great graphics, uh, all for the likes of Rhode Island basketball fans. Um, give you all the up to date news and just got great stuff over there on Instagram. So it's Rody.sports. So, Colin, first and foremost, let's get into URI's first two games of the week on Wednesday and Thursday. First, the Rams started off with ASU in a game where ASU, of course, was favored the number 18 team in the nation. All right. URI got as much as down as 16 in that first half, 40 to 24, uh, with around 556 left in the first half. They really struggled to get anything clicking on offense. Defense wasn't helping, but the Rams got back uh, within seven points by halftime until they took a lead, actually 64 to 67, after an Antoine Walker three around the middle of the second half. And then from there, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until Arizona State pulled away, hauling off URI's efforts at a comeback in that one. Colin? Yeah, so last episode, we obviously talked about Remy Martin, and I think he definitely played his advertise. I mean, he he was just all over the floor. I think Rudy just did not have an answer for him. He's one of the best players in the country, and he definitely showed it on Wednesday night at Mohegan Sun. So, and, you know, as well for this Arizona State team, Josh Christopher was just a huge factor in his college debut. I think he's really going to be a monster uh, in the future for the Sun Devils team. And Marcus Bagley also, too, very strong presence. So this Sun Devils team is a mix of, you know, they've got some veterans, but they've also got some young players. So, and I think for, for the URI side of things, I really think Fats, you know, you just you can't have him fouling out in this game and making just some boneheaded plays, turning the ball over, going straight to the middle of the lane almost every single time, and you know he's going to get shut down, but he does it anyway, and I can't stand that with him. I know he puts up numbers, but at the same time, he can make some just idiotic plays that really can cost the Rams. So, And the one thing I have in all caps, have to make free throws. It should be that simple. It's not that hard. There's no fans in the stands. How hard can it be to make a free throw? I, I, I mean, I get, like, this is a team that obviously has a lot of transfers. So I understand if they're not grasping the offense or the defense or 
some of these plays. I, you know, I can get, I can understand that. But free throws, I mean, you should be knocking those down in high school. In college, you definitely should. So this is easily what costs them this game. You got to make your free throws. Yeah, to know Uri was without Jermaine Harris for these first two games with a foot injury. He is day to day still um, a game time decision for Saturday, uh, for Saturday against South Florida. But the Rams did lose 94-88, almost pulled a comeback off there. But of course, Collins riled up, and I get it. Free throws, fats, making mistakes. If there's one thing that I can take out of fats doing good in that game, the fact that he got 14 minutes of play in the second half was huge. He did not do good after that. First play layup, right? He came in the second half with four fouls. Um, very uncharacteristic of Fats. That's more of a Jermaine Harris thing. Um, but, and he stayed in there for 14 minutes, started contributing more and making smarter decisions, and the Rams started to play better. But that's basically it for Fats. He fouled out with six minutes left in crunch time when the Rams needed a senior leader. He wasn't there. But I'll tell you what, if there's something to take away from this game, Jeremy Shepard and Antoine Walker. Both of those stepped up, both 19 points. Jeremy Shepard shot 100% from three, four for four, while Antoine Walker, he hit a three, eight from 11 from the field, eight rebounds. Um, he just played unbelievable down low, and he looked like an absolute beast in the paint. Yeah, Antoine Walker had a great performance. I mean, hopefully he replicates that a lot this season. He was my pick for the biggest performer from coming off of last year, so hopefully that can be true. But, yeah, Jeremy Shepard, he had an unreal game as well. He showed his ability to shoot the three. I think he's the best three-point shooter on this team. So he's definitely going to be a huge factor for this season. But you just you can't continue to foul and have your key players be in foul trouble the whole game because that's really going to cost you down the stretch. And I think it showed that, you know, towards the end of that game against ASU. And But at the same time, you got to understand that this is practically a brand-new team coming off of last year. And they had to open the season – against a very tough team that should be a shoo-in for the tournament. And they only knew, what was that, like Monday night that they were going to play on Wednesday? So that's definitely tough. But the bright spots, obviously, as you mentioned, Antoine Walker and Jeremy Shepard played some great games. And I think DJ Johnson also had a really good game. He had a breakout game you know, to boot with those two guys. So they had just a terrible first half of basketball, one of the worst I've ever seen but they ended up only losing by six to the number 18 team in the country. And they put up 88 points in that game. So they definitely showed a lot of heart and coming back from down 16. But at the same time, free throws, I think if you make those, you have a really good chance of winning this game. And something worth noting, the Rams shot 51% from the field, 50% from three. Again, only 60% from the free throw line, 17 turnovers, uh, more than half of those coming in that first half. That was so detrimental to the Rams against ASU. Again, a team that only shot 30% from three, but made 74% of their free throws, hitting 34 of their 94 points from the charity stripe. That's absurd. That is too many points for the Rams. A team can't, get, can't be getting 46 free throws. That is just bad basketball right there. As you look, in the first half, too many turnovers, plus ASU, they got on the double bonus with 10 minutes and 8 seconds left in the first half. Halfway through the first half, they were getting free throws. And the Rams kept fouling. The Rams kept fouling. And they started adding up. And I feel like that's when they got their biggest separation, right? URI and ASU were back and forth for a little bit, trading baskets. Um, and, of course, both sides had a lot of turnovers in the first half, especially. I feel like instead of the second half, they both, both teams kind of, you know, tightened it up a little bit. But, I mean, it's expected. First game, tight. Uh, it, was, it was loose in the first half. It was a slop fest. But 
as soon as ASU got in that double bonus, the lead for them just started growing and growing and growing and growing and growing until URI, with about five minutes left, eventually got into their double bonus and started being a little more stagnant. URI started making a little more plays, shrinking, 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 right? Those free throws killed Rhode Island, especially on possessions. It'd be off ball or a rebounding foul on a free throw. It, it would just kill them because they get a free two points out of it. Like the team that made 74% of their free throws, that's really what killed them. And something I stress very largely against a, to play a good team like Arizona State, you got to play 40 minutes of basketball. The Rams played 26. They, they, at, by the six-minute point in the, in the first half, they started playing basketball better. They started playing URI basketball, smart basketball, and they played 26 minutes of basketball, but it wasn't good enough. Against the number 18 team in the nation, makes sense. So those are my thoughts on the Arizona State game. Very frustrating. Um, kind of a bittersweet game, I, I would say, because, you know, it's a game that definitely they – I would say they should have won, but they had a really good chance to win. They came back, had all the momentum – but I, just Arizona State kept knocking on that door. And, of course, Remy Martin, 26 points, six rebounds, five assists, did everything uh, for ASU. When I was watching the game, I was like, oh, that's going to go in. That's going to go in. That's going to go in. I was actually surprised when he didn't make a shot because he didn't miss a lot of them. Didn't miss a lot of them. Uh, but back to Jeremy Shepard, just want to note one thing. I was watching the game with my brother. He was like, man, the way Jeremy Shepard handles the ball, he's like an NBA player. He's so smooth. His Euro step. I mean, he's got all the tools to be a great player for this team. I think that's what Rory needs, especially look at Fats Russell with 12.6 assists. There's no Jeff down there to carry the weight. So Jeremy Shepard there being, uh, being there is, is huge for the Rams. Yeah, so this may be a hot take for some people. I think you run the offense through Jeremy Shepard. I, I just think he handles it a lot better than Fats. And Fats has put up the numbers, but for every, you know, 20, 30 point game he has, he's just going to cost you so many points because he can't, he's, he's an undersized player. And we've seen, you know, those smaller players have an impact, but it just seems to just hurt them every time. And he just makes those just stupid plays and continues to turn it over. And he just tries to do too much. So it's really frustrating. I think Jeremy Shepard is a lot better ball handler. He's a lot better shooter from three. So I think if you're running through Shepard, you're going to have some better looks on offense. And before we get on to the next game, two things I want to go over. The refereeing was, I mean, I don't blame them. It's their first game of the year. No scrimmages, no exhibitions. But it wasn't too well. It wasn't too good at all. It was, it was very inconsistent, I would say. Um, when you have... 30-plus fouls in the first half of, uh, with both sides combined. You know something's up, and it's just not good. I mean, down four points. Jeremy Shepard did a behind-the-back move, and he got hip thrust. It should have been a blocking foul with about 20 seconds left. But ball got taken away, easy layup, and that was ball game. I mean, that's one call that I think should have been definitely a blocking foul, sent him, tw- sent him to the line, and extend that game a little more. Also, this is a theme through both games, I think. Jay Bills just hates URI and just loves bigger teams so much. I mean, he's out here saying, you know, when you when when ASU comes up at 16, well, it's what you're gonna get from an ASU team that's so good and so talented. And then when Rody got Rody comes back, it's like, well, ASU hasn't been playing their best ball, but they can really turn around. It's like, give some credit here. I'm mean, playing BC. It's like, oh, this is the ACT team that could be good, and, and I'm not, I won't be surprised if they come back and meet the Rams. Like, come on, give some credit here. And and he didn't. So I was very disappointed with the way he was announcing the game, and that's just my take on that Arizona State game and with that Jay Bellis take on, on the Boston College game as well. He also went off on that flop 
By oh Jaylen my god, Carey. on Jalen Carey and BC game. That's a flop. That's a flop. Yeah, I know. I'm watching the game. All right, we have to say it seven times for everyone else to know. Oh, it's a flop. It's a flop. Shouldn't be allowed. It should be a foul on him. Hey, that's the rule. But they didn't call it again. Inconsistent refs, both sides. Not saying it's just Rody, but it's both sides. But it seemed to happen to Rody a little more in that ASU game. But man, Jay Billis really got it riled up. It was it was disappointing because you're on ESPN, you have these announcers, you don't have uh, Mark Schwartz, you have an ESPN too, but you have Jay Billis, one of the best basketball announcers or, or, or analysts in the game right now, and he's just out here stabbing you Uriah every time he has a chance. And I don't know, that's just what I got out of that. But again, a, a bittersweet loss for the Rams, one that they should have had, not but could have, could have had an upset there, and. Before we go into this um, next one, you right, BC, I think I can speak for you as well. I think to all you listening to the podcast, Colin and I, we apologize to all the Boston College fans out there. We were very brutal to them. I mean, <laughs> we were very- we ripped them. We ripped them apart on the last pod. I honestly thought they were going to have just like a really below 500 yeah. season, but they're they're a half decent team. I mean, they put up a good fight against Villanova, so got me nervous a little bit, and then. Um, yeah, they beat Rhode Island 69-64, so let's go into that one. It was basically a back-and-forth first half with no real advantage. The Rams took the uh, 31-30 um, lead at the break, and they got their largest lead with 11:40 left after an Ishmael Leggett layup at 48-42. Then BC used a 12-3 run to stab my heart to go up 54-51 and with about eight minutes left. And then BC, despite a late burst from the Rams, held on to the victory. 69-64, I was furious. And what I do when you or I lose, especially a game where you think they should have won, I think. I just sit down. I, I, I try to clear my mind, but I wrap my, my brain back to the URI game. Why did they lose? How did this happen? And I think this comes down to one facet. Sure, free throws were terrible. They shot 50% from the free throw line, 9 for 18. But they shot 3 for 18 from 3, 6 less in the same amount of tries that as against Arizona State. And again, Jermaine Harris out, but Three for eighteen from three is not going to get it done against any team with that at, at least a, cal- a caliber of BC, a middle of the pack D one team. Yeah, they just they continue to huck up these wild threes, and it makes no sense at all. And then you have these you know big guys in the paint like DJ Johnson and the Mitchell twins. You just and Antoine Walker, you just gotta use them effectively. Get some points in the paint. You're the bigger team, so take advantage of that. But they just huck up these wild threes and they're just not falling. So obviously something has to set in. We're not shooting that well from three. Should we be taking that many attempts from three-point range? But it just did not happen, and they just continue to struggle from three, and that was obviously a key factor in losing this game. Yeah, the Rams, of course, Fats Russell had his 23 points, but shot two for eight from three. You need more from that, uh, a better, uh, from a leader like Fats. You need more than two for eight from three. I, I His Field goal percentage was not good at all. Uh, Jeremy Shepard was in foul trouble all game long. Couldn't really play his way. Had 10 points. Ishmael Leggett, though, stepped up. Seven points to the freshman. Kind of filled that role for Jeremy Shepard, which was big for the Rams and having a couple points. But, man, I remember I'm pretty, it was late in the second half. Rich Kelly for BC, who, who off the bench had 11 points. Great game. And BC, to note, did not have their star player, Jay Heath, uh, due to a foot injury uh, at a game-time decision. But Ishmael Leggett. Kept slapping Rich Kelly on the way to the lane, uh, down on the right side from the t- look at the t- down on the right side uh, in the second half, and it was like 
Well, you're gonna get the A one, obviously. You're slapping the crap out of him. Like he kept. I I heard it from the TV. I used to get slapping, trying to get the ball. I'm like, well, you're gonna get the A one sooner or later. That's probably what got me the most riled up that game. That A one issue. Like I just kept slapping him. I'm like, why? You get away with it once or twice. Stop! Don't give him a free point. Don't give him more momentum. But just a frustrating game. And look at it. Without you were you or I shot zero threes that game. 23 for 39 from the field. That's 58.9% clip right there. That's unbelievable. I mean, the Rams are super efficient down low. They shot, they even shot 45.6% from the field in a, in a stat last year. The Rams, when shooting more than 42% from the field, were 17-3. This year, they're 0-2. So they've obviously ran into some troubles outside the three-point line and at the free throw line. Uh, again, 9 for 18, not good. 15 turnovers, not good. So a lot to work on for the Rams after um, just a, a game they should have won. Yeah, I mean, they should not have lost to this team, especially because the Eagles did not have Jay Heath, who's arguably their best player. But again, it comes down to the free throws. Again, you struggle for, with something that should be so simple. It really should be that simple, but they just cannot make a three, which is just so frustrating to watch. Every time they get on the line, you're hoping they make one of them because most likely they're going to miss both of them or miss the whole net or like the whole hoop. They're shooting that bad from the free throw line, but they obviously had a tough time stopping uh, Stefan Mitchell and Winston tabs who had their share of points, but I'm really impressed of how BC just dominated the glass. I mean, Mitchell had eight rebounds and tabs had 10 rebounds. So it was hard to get some boards against this BC team. So, I mean, hopefully they can improve on that, but fat showing up puts a little hope, I think in this team, you know, after not being able to get a lot of minutes because he was in foul trouble against ASU. Ishmael Leggett, like you said, showed he has a lot of potential. He definitely has a high ceiling, but it's going to take some time. I think there's a little bit of a learning curve with him, but I think hopefully we can get over that and see him really blossom for this team. And Antoine Walker wasn't really much of a factor. He was huge against ASU. I think he was your eyes best player against the Sun Devils, but he did not show up against BC, and that's something that's got to change. There's no excuses for him this year. He's got to step up each and every game. Well, that's well said. I mean, BC shot 42% from the field, 31% from three, 58% from the free throw line, 20 for 34. So nothing really screaming at you stat-wise. And the Rams couldn't capitalize. I mean, their field goal percentage was a whole three and a half points better. Like, I know it's not a big thing because the team outshoots you from three, and that's that's what happened. But come on, and, and yes, like you said earlier, some shots were crazy shots, but it wasn't even that that got me frustrated. I've always been a guy take the best shot possible. I don't care if it's a three. I don't care if it's a step back two. I don't care if it's I try to dunk over. That's the best shot possible. Take it. And I feel like some shots were forced. Definitely, some shots were forced, but. It just comes down to more practice because I feel like they're taking solid shots. Like some of these threes were open threes, like two feet behind the three-point line. No one's on you. They're they're rotating. You got a good look. You shoot it and you miss it. And that doesn't aggravate me. When I say, okay, you take the best shot, you miss it, can't get mad. You miss the shot, move on. But when it happens 10 times, 15 times a game, you got to tighten it up and start making the shots you're supposed to make. Yeah, hopefully that can be something that changes. I feel like just the, the shot selection has to improve if you're going to be a competitive team in the A-10 because there's going to be a lot of great teams this year, and you're going to have to step up in these first two games 
not what you're hoping in a very competitive conference. Yeah, so that's going to leave the Rams um, upcoming with a team clip of 48.7% from the field. Very good. Very good. Um, only 33% from the uh, three-point line and 56% from the charity stripe over those two games. Let's move on. The Rams had the day break today, Friday. They were recording this. And they take on the University of South Florida. They take on two USFs, University of South Florida, University of San Francisco. Colin, tell us a little bit about the Bulls of South Florida. Yeah, South Florida is a team that had a rough go around last season. They finished below 500 at 14 and 17. They do play in a tough conference, the AAC. Uh, we obviously saw UConn leave to go to the Big East, but they also have Cincinnati, Wichita State, Houston, Memphis. So, uh, you know, decent amount of teams that are pretty good in that conference. So USF, definitely a team that is used to playing in a lot of tough and physical games. And this is a team that struggled a bit in their season opener against Florida College, which I did not even know existed. They trailed at halftime by four, and they only ended up winning 94 to 84. So this is a team that struggles from three-point range, which is similar to URI. And they do well at the free throw line, which is obviously something that Rody struggles with, as we talked about at length before. So you can't foul like they did against ASU and BC in this game coming up on Saturday. Yeah, and honestly, 84 points against Florida College. It could have been the first game. You know, you can't really judge a team by how they play another team, but I guess we could. I mean, Florida College, not the biggest school, all right, in in, in the nation, I would say, but 84 points against a – are they a JUCO or D2? Honestly, I have no idea. Like, when I checked on ESPN, their logo wasn't even there. Yeah. Like, that's when you know points. they're like a – so That's when you they know they're a tiny school. Yeah, they might be tightening things up, and it could be totally different. But there's something I can take from one game because all we have. 84 points against the Florida College. The Rams should hammer this offense, and nothing's changed. They should absolutely destroy. They have all the role players they need. They just need someone to step up. They need Jay Shep to step up. Either faster Jay Shep, either Antoine or Jermaine if he plays. We need to hit our free throws and... We should be good. I mean, this is a team, if they can limit the fouls on the other end, on the defensive end, we can win this game. And honestly, I think the Rams are looking good. And they're, obviously, they're, they're underdogs in this one. They're, they could be underdogs against San Francisco. We'll get into them later after their win against Virginia today. But I, I, I just don't know. I mean, this team has what it takes. They've, they showed that they're an NCAA tournament team against Arizona State. There was At the end of the first half against BC, they looked like an NCAA tournament team going on that 7-0 run to end the half with like two minutes left. They, they just got to bring it all together and play consistent basketball, and this team shouldn't have problems. And I guess that's what these first two games are for, and we'll learn a lot more about the Rams and these upcoming ones. And they just got a tough non-conference schedule ahead, which we'll talk about later as well. Yeah, hopefully you can improve for this game, and you're going to need to limit the chances that Collins and Brown, these are two guys that I think you everyone should have their eye on because they can really light up the scoreboard. So I think if you can stop them and their chances from the three-point range, I think you'll have a chance to win this game. And like we've said before, you're going to need that full 40-minute effort to beat USF because it's going to be a battle. Nothing's going to be given to you in this game, and you're going to need to improve. And obviously having Jermaine Harris back might improve. Do you think they're going to play a lot better, a lot worse with Jermaine Harris? What's your take on that? 
Well, I think he's a lot more familiar to the uh, to the offense and defense, obviously to the game plan uh, of David Cox. So I think he could fit in with a Makai Mitchell and Mikel Mitchell. Maybe get split those reps a little bit if he does play um, due to his injury. But I, I think he, he'll help the team out a lot because. I honestly think he's a solid free throw shooter. I mean, he's better than Makai Mitchell. We saw a couple of those free throws. He's 0%. I think he shot six. That was six. ugly. Oh they, my were, gosh. they were not even close. And hopefully his mom isn't watching. I know she loves Twitter and all that stuff. But yeah, she, and no respect. Okay, if, no, 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 if no she's disrespect. listening, she's got to get off Twitter and get him in the gym at the free throw line. That <laughs> no, was ridiculous. No, and, and notice I follow her on Twitter, and she's like, what can we, constructive criticism? And almost all the replies said, Makai's free throw shooting. And I was like, oh boy. He and, looked lost after that free throw. I and mean, that was horrific. He kept saying, oh my God, oh my, after every free throw, it was not good. But yeah, on to uh, South Florida. Yeah, Justin Brown, David, Justin Brown, poor again to Collins, 6'6 six, six senior, right? A guard. That's big. I mean, that's a big guard right there. He had 15 points against Florida College. Also have uh, sophomore Jameer Chaplin, who shot 50% from three in their first match with Florida College. He had 14 points, seven rebounds. I mean, they have some big guards. And that should be something the Rams could match up well against. And, you know, Antoine Walker and even, even Jermaine Harris. I mean, they're big men, but they're pretty, pretty athletic. If they need to match up, they can. That's Russell, obviously, the shorter guard. Probably get with David Collins in the game. Uh, but still. I think Uriah is very – back to the point, they're very athletic, and they're very versatile. You have Malik Martin, who played all right. I mean, he had a couple threes, but a couple of missed shots too. I mean, I think he's just getting into the groove. But I, he, he looks so much like Hassan, it's absurd. They both were number 12, and I just feel like if he gets in the groove, he can be a very good role player for this team. He fits right in with the defense-first mentality, and he, I honestly think he controls the, pro, controls the ball pretty well. So I think URI matches up well with this team. Of course, Michael Durr, Alexis Yetna scoring 11 points, 9 points respectively in that forward spot. The Rams take an eye on those as well. Um, two big men who can really score down low. But again, I think URI matches up very well with this team. They're very athletic. And this Rams team, even though some of their bigs, like I mentioned before, Malik, Antoine, Jermaine, are pretty athletic. So I think they match up well. I think they can win this game. They just got to limit the turnovers and limit the fouls. Honestly, I think their offense can carry them in this game, but they just got to limit those two facets, and I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think you you probably need more from Malik Martin. I think you, we can see more from him. And Jalen Carey, too. He kind of struggled through the first two games. Thought he was going to be more of an impact player, but I think those two, and then the Mitchell twins, they got to – do something. I mean, you just cannot have them foul out and then score almost no points, not make any free throws. So I think those few players are definitely some guys that we need to see more from after some very underwhelming performances. But I think if they can step it up and then you you know what Fats can do, I mean, hopefully. I think this year it might be a tough year for him. But if he can get going and not turn it over as much, it it's going to really help this team and Jeremy Shepard and Antoine Walker. And, you know, we saw some from DJ Johnson. So I think if you get everyone ready to play this really tough USF team and know it's going to be a battle and know you're going to have to win every single, you know, battle that goes on within this game, it's going to be a dogfight and you're going to have to claw this one out, but hopefully you or I can do it. And I know that they have a chance to do just that. Again, DJ Johnson, a point more another great athletic big for the Rams so 
This game, 5.30 ESPN3. So if you have a watch, if you have an ESPN account, basically you can watch this game on Watch ESPN at 5.30 tomorrow night or Saturday night, the 28th. So now the Rams, after playing USF, play USF, but San Francisco this time. The Don San Francisco out of the West Coast Conference, right? They started off their year, all right, as the Kempom number 88 team. They played their first game against the Kempom 265 team, UMass Lowell, and they lost 76-68. Then they played Towson. They won. Okay, not a big shocker, but that loss against UMass Lowell, still in there a little bit, still questioning this team. And then today, the 27th, they go on and beat number four, UVA, 61-60. And I don't know what to think anymore. Like, is this a great team or is this an overrated team? Is it an upset? They, was, was it like, did they just play terribly their first game? I, I don't know. I mean, they scored more points in their first game against UMass Lowell than against UVA, but I, I don't know how to take this team. All, all I know is that Jamari Bouye is a baller. He's averaging 18 points this year. He had 19 versus UVA. He's a senior guard that is the leader of this team. Um, they have a tall man, a, a big man center, uh, seven-foot junior, Sal McCain. He averaged 7.3 points in his last two, in his last three games, rather. Um, and a team that didn't really shoot well from three, made 13 of 28 tries against Virginia. So I don't know what to think of this team. This could be the really good of the Rams, really bad for the Rams. I don't even know. Colin, what's your take on the Dons? They're an anomaly. I think if you lose to UMass Lowell in the season opener but beat Virginia, that's just insane. And that's not anarchy. Nope, that's just college basketball, as John Rothstein would say. So, I mean, this is a team that played pretty good last year. They won 22 games, and, you know, they play some tough competition in the WCC. I mean, you got Gonzaga and St. Mary's there. So they're used to some pretty tough competition. And this is a team that just loves to shoot the three. And we saw that against... Virginia on Friday, they made 13 threes in that win against the number four team in the country. And this was their first win versus a top five opponent since 1981. So they're certainly riding high after that upset win. They're going to have a lot of momentum going into this game. But I think this, you know, this type of team in sports is one that you just don't want to face on a certain day because they could be on fire or they can be ice cold. I really think there's no in-between with this team. You're either going to get them making almost every shot from three, like we saw against the Cavaliers of Virginia, or they're just going to struggle and be ice cold. So I really hope they don't get the good side of this team. And if you don't, you're probably going to get the really bad side, like the one that loses to UMass Lowell. So I I really think this is just a toss-up. I mean, you're going to have to play this team tough. You're going to have to defend their three-point attempts, you know, specifically from Shabazz and Boye, who can definitely shoot the three very well, as we saw against Virginia. So I think if you shut them down from three, you can win this game. That's what they like to do. And I I really think that that's going to be a big key in winning this game against the Dons. Yeah, again, Clear Shabazz, a a junior guard. He's averaged 10.6 points at the last couple games. And another guy to look at is Dimitri Reuni, uh, the forward, averaging 10.6 points as well. Uh, he had 10 versus UVA. He's a 6'9 junior forward. So, again, some height on this San Francisco team. But we've seen that. So does you arrive. We have Akaya Mikel Mitchell who, man, when they first stepped on the court, I was like, this is so much different than any URI team I've ever seen. They always had the 6'8 forward, the two 6'8 forwards starting. To see someone above 6'8 start and, like, play 
efficient, like a lot of minutes was crazy in Makai and Mikhail Mitchell. There's big forces. Uh, again, they're going to need to step up to stop those big men of San Francisco. And again, like just so unpredictable. Like honestly coming in, I knew San Francisco was a great mid-major. I mean, being ranked 88th in the Kempom, not bad at all. You were I started at 100. I don't know where they are now. I don't want to look until they start winning basketball games. That's just how I feel about it. But uh, I, this seems good team. And then they lost to U.S. Lowell. I was like, wait, what's going on here? And then beat Virginia. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, I didn't know. Like, and, and I still don't know. And I guess, great point, cold or hot, you're going to get one of them. And they beat Virginia shooting 39.7% from the field. This team is crazy. These stats are absurd. They don't turn the ball over a lot. They shoot well from the free throw line, or 68%. And that's really all I can get from this team. It's an anomaly. I don't know. And I wish we had a better idea of what we're going to get. But I hope we get a team where URI can beat them. I mean, honestly, I feel like URI has just got to play well all cylinders of basketball. They got to play well down low, play well from outside, limit turnovers, limit fouls. And that's basically how I prepare for a team like San Francisco, honestly. I mean, you just got to just – Tighten everything up, really, and hope you catch up on the right day. Yeah, I, th- I think especially if, if you come out with a win against USF, I think that's really going to help because they're going to start to feel th- you know feel right after that, after starting the season with two losses. So this is a great game to get back on track after hopefully they beat USF. But I think if you come back, regroup after those first two games against BC and ASU, and you can come out with two wins, that's really going to help you because you got some tough games. You know, we're going to get into that later, but you got some tough games coming up in the non-conference, and you go straight into the A-10 play. And those first two games in the A-10 are really tough. There's no there's no LaSalle or, you know, UMass or any of those, you know, easier games in the A-10. It's going to be those tough, gritty games that are really hard to win. So you got to come back and you, know, you got to – step up on defense. This is a team that scored 61 on UVA, and that's really hard to do because Virginia is one of the best defensive teams in the country. It's really hard to get points, and they somehow were able to string together 40 points in the second half. I mean, they were just on fire from three. I think at one point they made like six threes in a row. Like that's just all they were doing on offense was just hucking up the three ball. So you've got to find a way to limit that, and I think you can come out with a victory in this game. So, yeah, in both games – some of the keys, obviously, their transition offense is very good. I mean, they created a lot of good shots. Um, they also made a lot of tough shots down low in their transition. I think they almost killed them. They shot themselves in the foot uh, in the transition offense, but they went down low. But when they kept forcing it down low and getting either fouled or a bucket to fall, they, they created open looks from the outside. Jeremy Shepard had a couple kickout threes against Arizona State. And I feel like this transition offense is very good for the Rams turning defense into offense. Now. Is it worth it when you get one transition fast break per five fouls? Don't think so. So I feel like the Rams have to lay back and play a little more conservative on defense. Of course, close out. I think that's a big thing they got to do. They got to close out. They jump too much at the three-point line, opening a four and five down low, and it just makes it easy for the other team to score with a couple passes. So they got to close out better. Um Play a little more conservative on defense. Don't try to necessarily go for the steal, but stay in front of them and get your body in front of your defender and keep pushing the transition offense. I mean, it works well. Even when they, the other team scores a basket, to get down the offensive side quick, that's been actually 
a weak spot in the Rams' defense itself is when they score, they don't get back fast enough. But if the Rams can do that and get back and just make the defense move their feet more than they have to, that's, that's what they tend to do better. So those are some keys for um, victories against uh, the Dons of San Francisco and the, US, the USF Bulls. So with that, moving on, just before we get into some A-10 and some NCA basketball scores of the week, we sh- I saw we talk about the schedule. I mean, the Rams, obviously starting off 0-2 is not ideal, right? But they're the silver lining this whole thing, right? They got tough teams in uh, South Florida and San Francisco. And then they got a Seton Hall team who lost by one today to Louisville on Wednesday at home at the Ryan Center on CBS Sports. And then they have BC again next Friday. So if the Rams can somehow win these three next three games, which it's not, it's going to be tough to even win two of them. But if they can somehow find a way to win three games, these next three games, which I believe they can, if they play 40 minutes of basketball, limit the fouls and limit turnovers and make the free throws. I know it's a lot, but if they can just hone in those things, they can beat these next three teams. And that goes in the BC next Friday to get their revenge. They probably will have Jay Heath. That's just my prediction. But if they can go in next Friday after winning three straight and beating BC after they just beat them, things shows a lot about this team. It shows a lot about their character. So I'm very excited to see how they play against BC next Friday. Yeah, it's a revenge game. I mean, they, they're definitely going to be ready to go after losing that game at Mohegan Suns. So they're going to be ready to go against you know the Eagles. And it's going to be tough because this team is kind of better than we thought. We bashed them a lot. On the last episode, we thought that they were so bad, but they put up a real good fight against Villanova, and they obviously beat URI. So they, they're going to be a tough team to play. There's no easy games. I think a really tough game that's also on roadie schedule is Western Kentucky. This team can really play. Charles Bassey got so much hype. I've been watching a few of their games, but you know all these big networks, they love Charles Bassey. I think if you were going to do – like a mid-major draft, who's going to be the number one pick out of all these mid-major schools? Charles Bassey's probably going to be number one. I think he's the best mid-major player in the country. You're going to have to find a way to shut him down. But that Hilltoppers team, they're going to be really tough to play against because they're they're for real. They're one of the best mid-majors in the country, and they are going to be a real good basketball team this year. Definitely. So get into that. The Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky are a great team. I mean, with Tavion Hollingsworth, who lit up Brown last year as – you guys squeaked by in overtime without Charles Bassey on WKU. Uh, they, they still have players from last year. They have experience. Add Charles Bassey into the mix. They also have Luke, Luca Frampton, transfer from Davidson, who you guys seen a couple times. That's this very solid squad. And the fact they have to go on the road to Western Kentucky, I know there's no fans, but granted, still to make the trip, still have that away atmosphere feel. It's going to be a very tough game for the Rams. So if they can have any sort of momentum, uh, not trying to look four games in the future, but that's what I'm doing right now. If they can get a win against BC next Friday, um, which is quickly approaching, that'd be great for their confidence going into their matchup against a very good Western Kentucky team. And then from then on, uh, I think you have a couple, like I think five days after that game, that game got moved from the 19th to the 13th of December. Uh, so then the Rams would play on the 18th against Davidson to kick off their first game in non uh, in conference play, which um, we'll get into right now. Eight ten, couple eight ten scores from the week, Colin. Uh, on Wednesday, 
a few games played. VCU defeated Utah State. Big for this VCU team, 85-69. And Davidson had some trouble with high point, 82-73. Davidson seems to always have that preseason hype and then disappear for, 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 the, for the non-con at least and turn up to, um, to bite you in that conference play. So they won 82-73 over a high point. Looking at Thursday, not a good day for the um, – for the A-10, only one win, and it was George Mason's over Queens, North Carolina, a D2 school on Thanksgiving. George Mason won that by a free throw, 66-65, was not good. Um, of course, the Rams lost to Boston College. Uh, and Auburn took down St. Joe's in overtime. Ryan Daly, Taylor Funk fought hard, but they could not pull it off as the Eagles or the Tigers, rather, War Eagle, won 96-91. And a couple good games to look forward to this weekend and into Monday for the A-10 schedule. Of course, you have URI's games on Saturday and Sunday, but uh, what's happening right now, actually, so you probably won't be able to see this, but right now, uh, VCU is playing Memphis, and tomorrow, LSU is playing St. Louis. George Mason is playing Howard, which they have uh, Mocker Mocker, is his name, right? The Yes, the five-star who... Um, committed to Howard. So interesting to see how he plays against a George Mason team that's struggled. And then Sunday, I think this is the biggest game of the weekend here. Richmond versus number 10, Kentucky. Uh, a great team in Richmond, the 8-10 this year. Projected to win it uh, against the number 10 team in the nation at Rupp Arena. And then on Monday, you have Texas Longhorns, number 19 in the nation, taking on Davidson in the Maui Invitational. So uh, a couple of good games to look at the 8-10. The 8-10 hasn't fared well so far in its non-conference besides VCU's win over Utah State. But I think if you or I can get a couple wins going uh, on the belt, they can improve that 8-10 resume. Yeah, a lot of tough opponents for the 8-10. I mean, you look at Richmond's got Kentucky coming up, um, you know, St. Joseph's. They played a really tough first two oh games. God, they played Auburn, and then they played Kansas. So, I mean, that. Definitely, and obviously you or I played ASU, so definitely some good scheduling from the A-10 to get some recognition, get their name on the map. And, you know, they might not have had the greatest performances, but I really think that they're going to be able to do that. And I think that Richmond team, they might just beat Kentucky. I'd be on upset alert for that one. Don't be surprised if Richmond beats Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, this week was crazy. I mean, of course, you play big teams, but I think for the Rams or for any A-10 team, A-10 team, Someone has to take advantage of these great games, whether it's Davidson, Richmond, Rhode Island, St. Louis. They have to take advantage of these games they have if they want to help this conference out get three bids. Right now, I'm not looking too hot, but I think this team, this conference can easily get three bids. They just got to perform better in the non-conference. So talking about a busy week, Colin, take us into the NCAA first week and what's happened across these last few days in college basketball. Yeah, we had a decent amount of upsets, and looking at the non-ranked teams on Wednesday, St. Francis PA defeated Pitt a bye game, surprisingly for the Panthers, 80-70, to and just a thriller of a game, Georgia State defeating Georgia Tech 123-120 to in four overtimes, and that's unbelievable. And we also had, um, obviously, as we mentioned before, San Francisco defeating Virginia, the number four team in the country, 61-60. And we had sort of an upset. It could have gone either way, but San Diego State building off that tremendous year they had last year, a team that certainly would have made the tournament and would have been a you know a two or a three seed maybe, maybe even a one 
and they defeated number 22 UCLA 73 to 58 on Wednesday, a team that has been on fire so far. I think probably the number the number one team in the country. They're ranked there right now, but I think the best team in the country, the deepest team in the country, has got to be Gonzaga. They're ranked number one right now. I think they're going to be just that at the end of the year. They defeated number six Kansas on Thanksgiving. 102 to 90, putting up 102 on the Jayhawks, and they defeated Auburn 90 to 67 on Friday. So this is a team that can clearly put up points. And we saw a little bit of a scare today on uh, on Friday. Number eight Illinois escaping Ohio 77-75, really close game, and a Illini team that's really hyped up in the Big Ten. They obviously got probably the best duo in the country with Kofi Coburn and Io DeSumo, but. That Illinois team's got a lot of hype. I'm not sure if they're going to live up to it as they narrowly beat Ohio out of the MAC. And this is kind of some recognition for our state, Rhode Island. Bryant, the school in Smithfield, they almost beat Syracuse. Syracuse escaping a near upset against the Bulldogs as they pulled out an 85-84 win at the Carrier Dome. And number three, Villanova winning the 2K Empire Classic. Obviously, the tournament URI was in as they took down number 18, ASU, 83-74 to win that championship. And number 15, Virginia, or West Virginia, rather, winning the Bad Boy Mowers Crossover Classic with a 70-64 win over Western Kentucky. And that's pretty much the wrap-up there for the NCAA. I didn't really think there was anything bigger than that. That's probably the big scores that you're going to look at, but some great games. It's great to have college basketball back. There's so many games to watch. So, you know, we got a lot more left for this season, but it was certainly a good start in these first few days, I think. Yeah, by the way, Illinois didn't play their best today. Uh, defense didn't show up uh, as it did against you know, NCAT. Obviously, it happens. But I disagree with you, Colin. I give the fighting Illini all. All the hype. I think they're a great team. Ayo DeSunmo could be player of the year if it wasn't for Luke, Gar- Luke Garza putting up 36 in one half. But I'm telling you, this Illinois team is a force we reckon with in the Big Ten. And I have a bright future with those two at the helm uh, this year for Illinois. And again, Luka Garza, beast. I mean... A lot of people say he got snubbed last year uh, against Obi Toppin winning the player of the year. because He'll win it this no year, one. though. But but it's looked – I mean, the way he's been playing is just mirroring what happened last year. He's just dominating on the boards, and he's hitting threes. He's hitting threes. He's hitting shots down low. He's making – he's a dirk of college basketball. He can do everything. And this guy is a, a clear favorite um, uh, to win the player of the year. Right behind him, I'd have to say uh, Ayo DeSunmo from Illinois. But again, as you mentioned, yeah, just great to have college basketball back on. Great to have John Rossing uh, tweeting the, epi- uh, the epitome of brutality, especially after St. Francis's win over Pitt in the bye game. Georgia State going to four overtimes, 123-120, defeating Georgia Tech. I mean, this is a great week in college basketball. Although the Rams went 0-2, I think they can step it up these, uh, for the next couple of days. And college basketball is going to pick up, and it's going to be great, and I'm excited, and uh, I, I'm just, I, I can't wait. Uh, college basketball's back, and I'm feeling great, and I'm amped up that when you or I loses, I have something else to watch, and it, it's something to look forward to. Uh, so that's gonna do it for me, Colin. Anything else? 
No, I think with you know the URI fan base, just stay positive. I mean, this is a yeah. brand new team, pretty much. Definitely. You got these two games coming up. I think if you take these two, it's an easy way to turn the season around. But obviously, it's frustrating. It's frustrating watching them struggle from the free throw line or from three point range. But don't write the season off. It's only two games. I mean, I think they can easily turn it around. But they got to put in a full forty minute effort if they want to, you know, really turn things around and be a really competitive team this season. But I'm just excited, obviously, to have college basketball back, and hopefully you or I can make some things happen because we want to see them have a deep season and have a deep run in March. Hopefully that can happen. Yeah, I mean, you look at Rory's schedule. They can beat everyone on that schedule. They just got to show up and play basketball. That's what it comes down to. Stop making the silly mistakes and tightening everything up. And they, not saying they will be every team, but pen and paper, like you can say that they can beat every team in their schedule because they're that talented. They just got to bring it all together, bring all their problems together, get the chemistry going. That's got to be, you know, a little more, you know, willing to help out his teammates more and this team should be fine. So that's going to do it for today's uh, podcast uh, going over the Rams next two games against South Florida and San Francisco. Um, Stay uh, stay alert for our next podcast sometime early next week going over Seton Hall and Boston College for the Rams. That's going to do it all for, for, uh, for myself, Gavin Michaud, and Colin Struckman. Stay safe, and as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.